This episode is brought to you by ddsdaiquiris.com, distributors of fashionably frozen daiquiri mixes. They have everything you need to make your own party, both the daiquiri mixes and the recipes, and they will ship it so you can sip it. Check out the website at ddsdaiquiris.com. That's D-E-E-D-E-E-S daiquiris.com. Honoring those trailblazers who preceded us is just as important as leaving a legacy for those who will follow us. Greekly Speaking is about highlighting Greeks today who are creating positive change for tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, welcome to Greekly Speaking. I'm Eric, and joining me for this episode is Kimberly Wilson of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. She was initiated in the Zeta Delta chapter in 1984 at Jarvis Christian College. She is currently a member of the Phi Psi Zeta chapter based in Louisville, Texas. She's a retired school principal, and she's also a Dallas-Fort Worth-based realtor with a passion to educate the African-American community about the home buying process. And when she's not helping people generate wealth through real estate, She's curating her collection of special items available at Kimmy D's Creative Crafts. Kimberly, welcome to Greekly Speaking. How are you doing today? Well, thank you for that awesome welcome. I am doing just great. <laughs> hey, that is so, so good to hear. It's 2021. We made it and we know how much a blessing that is during these times. So I'm just excited that you're able to spend a few minutes to talk to us today. Thank you for having me. Hey, first of all, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, we want to learn about your background. And I saw some things in your intro that I'm excited to learn about. We're going to talk about that line name in a minute, but tell us what type of Greek influences did you have and what attracted you to Zeta Phi Beta? Okay, so uh, I am the first person in my family to go to college. I'm the youngest of seven kids, so I had no idea about sororities or anything like that. So really, literally, it was Greek to me. <laughs> so uh, during my first year, um, I watched the sororities. I went to a very small college. We had about 500 people total. So it was a very family-like college. And I remember seeing my friends pledge and all of that. And I don't know how some of the HBCUs do, but for ours, we couldn't pledge until we had 30 hours anyway. So there were, there were no freshmen pledging. You had to wait till your sophomore year. So they gave you a chance to really watch and see all of that. So what attracted me to Zeta I, I went to all of the rushes and I, I love all the D9s. You know, you know, we're all one family. And what attracted me to Zeta was that they were the true sisters of the Sigmas. And my student work study boss, he was a Sigma and I was very close to him. And everybody, like I said, we were small. So everybody came down and I just really liked that whole sister brother uh, relationship. And um that's why I chose Zeta. I think that that edged it out over the other sororities because they, they're all about service and all the positive things that we're supposed to be about. And we were a family. So I have my friends, I have my sorrows, I have my Jarvis family, and that's what I did. And, you know, another thing, I don't follow the road well-traveled, so 
I went with the smaller sorority and it was only myself and my line sister. We were only two online and we were going up against some of the, the sororities with the bigger lines and we had a step show and we won. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I sense uh, some pride behind that. What was your line name? It was not a good one. It was Silent Rage. <laughs> I didn't pick that name. I would have picked something like Kimmy D. <laughs> silent, <laughs> silent rage. Yeah, so I guess, I, you know, I guess it's more like, you know, I'm a silent assassin. I smile. I'm like a smiling assassin, but I'll cut your head off at the same time. So it's probably something about me being perceived as quiet. Now, after I graduated from college, nobody thinks I'm quiet, but all through college, Everybody you meet before I turn 21, they say, I remember Kim, she was real quiet. But after 21, nobody says that. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, you got to watch those quiet ones anyway, because, man, <laughs> just stay on the good side. That's all I'll tell you. That, so, so what did your family think about your decision to join a sorority? Like I said, I'm the only one with the college, so they're like, what's the name of that thing you're in again? <laughs> what's the name of your sorority? Uh, feed by, I said, no, it's Zeta Phi Beta. So they finally got it down after a few okay. years. But uh, it was, you know, they, they're supportive of pretty much anything I do. They're just proud that um, I gravitate to positive things and things that I like to do and try to make a difference for people. <laughs> and, and that's awesome. And speaking of making a difference, tell us some of the community service projects you guys are working on in that Phi Psi Zeta chapter in Bullisville. Well, you know, with the pandemic, it's a little bit rough, but we still do the Storks Nest and we still go to the uh, elementary schools and we're still doing uh, closed drives and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have to wait till we get out of this pandemic to get back full force. But I really like my chapter. It's a very down to earth chapter and uh, some very good ladies in there who are very dedicated. And that, that's awesome. Uh, how would you describe uh, the impact that Zeta Phi Beta's had on your life? Well, you know, just the things that it stands for sisterhood and, and to strive to be finer, to uh, be better in scholarship. That's another thing. We have a scholarship that's going on right now. And, you know, they when they put it out, don't just go pick a Zeta, just send it out to everybody. So I send it out to all my friends who I knew had uh, senior girls in high school and a lot of them are Deltas or AKAs. It doesn't matter because we're all about coming together and working together. So I think it's a positive impact that Zeta has um, on not only me, but on the community. That, and that's beautiful. I don't know if, if it's told often enough, you know, how well the, the different D9 organizations are actually working together and, and how they depend on each other. So it's good to see an example of how people can rely on other organizations to help them with their common cause. So uh, let me ask, what advice would you give someone who's considering joining a, a fraternity or a sorority? To make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons, it's good to have the high profile and to do all that, but to be about the business of about the true meaning of a sorority or a fraternity, and that's the community service and, and uh, the important things of scholarship. Like I said, it's real cute to get out there and step. Boy, I used to step. I could do it when I was young. That's all cute. And wear your colors and call each other. Sorry, Fred, with your secret names. But it's not about that. It's about uplifting our community 
and doing something better, putting that hand out for the next person who's going to need your help. And I have to tell you, after I uh, became an adult and, and I went into education, a lot of my favorite teachers were in sororities. They were AKAs and Deltas and all that. And then they said, did you pledge? You know, and they see me and I said, yeah. And I tell them what. And I, if I had known, that probably would have influenced my willingness to look at another sorority. So we just don't know what type of influence that we have on people. But, you know, even that being said, what they did for me is immeasurable. And my own niece is an AKA. So it, it doesn't have to be that, you know, I'm a Zeta. You have to be a Zeta. Everybody get to be what they want to be. But, you know, we work together for the uh, greater good. I'm sure as being a retired principal, you've had a chance to influence a lot of young minds. What was that experience like for you? Very good experience. If I, I thought I wanted to teach my entire 30-year career, but, you know, it doesn't work like that. Life happens. He said, well, I better, you know, try to do something else. So I taught for my first 12 years, and then I was a principal, my, our administrator, my last 18 years. I taught English, but I also sponsored the cheerleaders. I sponsored the student council. You know, I was always very involved in young people's lives and uh, always trying to get them to see the better way to, again, uplift them, to get them to a higher plane. And I am so proud of my students. They are so professional. One of my little students, she was the captain of my cheerleader squad. She is a professor at Princeton. And here she is doing all these great things. We have to put that investment in there. You know, I didn't know at the time she was going to be who she is. And that's just one example. But I'm just saying I loved it because it doesn't last for a year or two. It lasts a lifetime. As educators, we have to be very deliberate in what we're putting into our students so we can help them to discover themselves. And if you know what, my thing was, if nobody gave this kid a positive experience, I hope they can look back and say that I was one who did. I can imagine as an administrator, you were used to juggling many things. Yes. And speaking of juggling many things, you're a realtor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Tell us about that and the passion you have specifically with helping, you know, members of our community build that generational wealth. Okay, so toward the end of my career, I knew I, I retired, you know, relatively early. I did my 30 years. And I said, oh, you're too young to retire. I'm like, I can do something else in my life. I, I'm more than this one thing. So I had to find out what is something I wanted to do. And I, at, at one point, I got promoted to principal and I had to move to another whole town. But, you know, it was a short, it was at the end of the school year and I said, I got to sell my house. And so <laughs> it was this lady, she used to be our school secretary. She left and she became a realtor and everybody said, you got to use her, you got to use her. So I called her in and she was phenomenal. The way she just walked through and I said, wow, this is pretty interesting. And uh, I ended up not selling my house. I ended up leasing it. But she influenced me so heavily how she walked through in the professional way she did everything. I, I thought I said, hmm, that might that might be something I might want to try after I retire. So I got my real estate license and I attended as much educational things as I could while I was working. So when I retired and I went full time, I had a foundation. So then it became about what do I want to do? So I found the right broker. You have to be with the right person who was willing to meet with me one on one 
and really like get into my desires. What is it you want to do? So many things you can do. So initially I started out, I wanted to, um, and I still do specialize with hometown heroes. So what hometown heroes are, they're like the teachers, the uh, policemen, the firefighters, you know, frontline people who are out there because I know being in education, um, we work hard in that field, you know, compared to other professions, we don't make that much money as they do. So they have special programs out there for uh, hometown heroes. And I decided that's that's where my heart is. That's what I, I want to get these teachers in because I was a teacher I could relate. So that's what I started. But then as I started doing that, friends would refer people to me and they, they didn't have a lot of money. I grew up in a place in Dallas is called Oak Cliff. And Oak Cliff is like Compton of Los Angeles. You know, everybody says, oh, you're from Oak Cliff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm from Oak Cliff. I'm from Oak Cliff. I'm proud to be from Oak Cliff. As a matter of fact, they have a little game out called Oak Cliff Napoli that I'm going to buy. <laughs> but anyway, okay. Oak Cliff yeah. But anyway, so uh, people will refer, refer their, you know, try to help me out and refer people to me. And I started seeing that people didn't have a lot of money saved. So I said, hmm. They said, well, Kim, do you? I, don't, I said, well, how much money you have? I don't really have any money saved. I said, let me see what I can do. And I started digging and I found out there were down payment assistance programs. So as a realtor, I took training for a lot of different programs. So I added that to it. Then after that, I started getting people say, well, Kim, you know, um, I have a little bit of credit problems. And I said, okay, do you work with people? I said, oh, let me see. So I started uh, looking up people with credit repair. And so I compare them with reputable people who do credit repair. Then I started seeing, well, Kim, you know, I just need to get out right now. So I started looking at least to own programs. So that's how I kind of built it in before I knew it. That's where my heart is because I'm helping somebody. And when I tell you that I help people who, when they come to me, they don't even know they can afford to buy a home. And when they're leaving out there, paying very little out their pocket and living in a brand new home, uh, I've had people cry at closings. I had people say, you know, you just don't know what you've done for me. I have a mantra for myself, and that is, I'm here to serve with a servant's heart and a warrior spirit. Kind of going with that silent rage thing. <laughs> have a good heart, good intention, but I'm going to be fierce uh, when I'm negotiating for you. You know, not not rude, but just make sure you get the best. If I can help you understand what you're getting into, I've already made a big step. So some of my clients I've been working with for two, three years, something this last month, I've had three, three clients come back to me. So I'm ready now, Kim, because I said, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I do have an advantage that I'm retired so I can put that extra time into clients to make sure that they understand and get what they need. But the client also has to be willing to, to listen and put in some sweat equity if necessary. But if you're willing to, to work hard, I'm willing to stay there with you. Uh, I'm not looking out for myself. I'm looking out for the greater good of my community and to try to get us back where we need to be. And I always tell this story. I don't know if I have time. My, my grandmother, my grandfather was born in 1900 and my grandmother was born in 1905. So when I was a little girl, I was about seven. I was talking to my grandmother and I said, Grandmama, tell me about when you were a little girl. You know, I'm, I'm interested in when she was a little girl. And she started the sentence like this. She said, when 
I was a little girl. We lived on a little five-acre farm. And I said, Grandmama, what's an acre? And that sticks with me. I said, how is it my grandmother, who was born in 1905, lived on a five-acre farm with her mom and dad and her sisters? And here are people in 2021, they live in apartments. Something has gone terribly wrong. So I, I feel like I'm kind of out here to right or wrong to get us back on the right track. Because if in 1905, African-Americans were thinking, I got to have something, I have to own something. Where, what happened? Where did we lose that desire? Where did we lose uh, the will or the, just the, the right to ownership? So again, see, I'm getting on the soapbox, so let me get off of it a little bit. <laughs> where, where do you want to take the impact that you've been making on the community so far? Eventually, I want to become an independent broker. I'm in, I'm in some groups with some other uh, African-American realtors and loan officers and things of that nature. Joe Biden has that little uh, saying now, building back better. That's how we have to think in our community, too. We have to go back uh, to where we support each other. So I, I like even on the, my Facebook, I get in groups with black entrepreneurs and I purchase stuff I don't even need just because I, I want to support. So that's what we have to do. Uh, so where I want to go is just every person I can get into a home and who can get somebody else into a home. Or just like, for example, one of my high school friends, her uh, daughter is a realtor. So, you know, um, she lives about 60 miles from me. So eventually, if I my business get where I'm real busy, I might just refer it out to her. You know, we can all eat. So right. that's what I what I want to do. I want to get to the point that if I get really busy and get a lot of business like that, which I, I've done, I just won an award actually from my small brokerage. But if I get like super, super busy, then I want to be able to share that with other realtors so we can build back better. I love it. I love it. Now, in, in the middle of you building back better and getting people into the whole generational wealth concept, how do you have time to deal with your latest venture? Because I took a, a sneak peek at the website and I saw some of the things that you have to offer with your creative crafts. And I was really amazed. I was like, wow. Because I'm thinking, you know, full-time realtor, how much time do they have to put into something like this? But it looks like you put a touch of class on everything that you deal with. So tell us how you got started with, with the creative crafts. Okay, so actually, um, after I got my real estate license, um, again, I was just looking at ways to um, to teach myself and to I was really into educating myself. And so I remember I was reading a website. It was about paint colors and I always like colors and all of that. And what they said, they said, okay, look at these things to inspire your paint colors. And they, they were showing different colors of soap and then they somebody would paint that wall that color. I was like, wow, that's good. <laughs> my ADD, so I got focused on the soap. I was like, wow, <laughs> I don't mind learning how to make some soap. So that day I went online, I find, found a local soap making class. Signed up for it, went and made my first batch of soap. Loved it so much. I, I made batches for my family because uh, Valentine's Day was coming up or something. And I learned mm -hmm. how to cold process it from scratch and all that. And uh, 
they really liked it. They said, oh, Kim, this is good. And I said, hmm, maybe I ought to start a business just making some soap. And it started, uh, initially, the name of my um, business was Kimmy D's Suds and Soothies. And I would do a lot of bath salts and candles and soap because I found this all in the same family. So I went to the Small Business Administration. They said, you're ready. And I went to the bank that same day and got funded. So, you know, it just came about that way. I was in Waxahachie, Texas at the time, and I opened up uh, a brick and mortar for a year. Didn't like it. I was still working. Didn't like it. I, I decided, you know, I really don't like just sitting, waiting for people to come. Then, you know, some people would think I was selling beer to come. Where's the suds? I said, no, it's suds. It's so, it's so, it's so. Then other people would come in and say, it smells so good in here. So I decided after a year, I said, you know, I'm just going to take it e-commerce. What's so funny is another reason I got in that. It's because after being an administrator for 18 years, people are used to seeing me in this very um, conservative, controlled way. And people who didn't know me prior to that, they thought that's who I was. And that's not who I am. I'm really fun loving. I won awards for acting in college. Uh, I used to create stuff. I was really creative. So this gave me a chance to go back to being Kim. And so it, 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 uh, enables me to be creative and just to put my juices to to use. And I love that because it kind of recaptures when I was a little girl and people who knew, they've been knowing me for years, we never knew you had that side. And yes, I know because I was, you only saw one side. I was serious about what I did, but now I get to be my whole self. And it's so funny that you would say, how do I have time? When I was an administrator, I was working 14 hour days, six days a week and raising my son. So, and, you know, doing all his practices and his whatever. Now that was a busy schedule. So now I get to work from my house. Both of them are, I do my real estate from home and I do my Kimmy D's from my home. And so, you know, just like now I have, I have a Kimmy D project. I stopped it. I did this podcast and I uh, finished this. I'm going to finish it. So it works for me. Because like I said, the real Kim comes out and I don't have to worry about all the rules. I mean, you know, I'm a rule follower, but you know what I mean? And a lot of my clients, they give me an idea concept. Now we trust you, you do it. So, I, you know, the fact that I'm there, you know, when I first came, people would bring me, can you recreate this? But most of my clients now, they just tell me what they want and they say, we trust whatever you're going to do. And nine times out of 10, well, 10 times out of 10, I hadn't had anybody not say they didn't love it. So I know that sounds a little bit boastful, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's a one of a kind and, and that's what it is. But thank you so much. Hey, I love it. And, and there's nothing wrong with um, just being able to recognize quality when you see it, even if it's your own. Right. So I, I love it. And, you know, for our listeners out there, hey, just you, you really have to check out this site at KimmyDs.com, K-I-M-M-I-E-D-S.com. You're going to love what you see out there. So I'm impressed. You've balanced all types of work-life scenarios to, to make different things happen. And you're really helping people in the community to do the same. And I love your energy. You know, I, I, I was speaking to you at the sound check and I said, man, this, this person is somebody you want to just kind of you know, hold your finger next to and see if see if you can get some of that vibe. So I commend you for uh, just just doing what you're doing. Stories like yours gives us an opportunity to see how people are making positive impacts in the community. So um, hats off to you once again. Thank you for taking a few minutes to talk to us on Greekly Speaking to share your story and tell us how you can help people 
help themselves. So thank you. Oh, and I would also like to thank you. I was really surprised when the sorority sent out the link that we could promote our businesses. So I really appreciate the opportunity for you having the foresight to give us an opportunity to promote our businesses. I'm deeply appreciative. The fact that you're allowing us to get out here and, and promote ourselves is, is amazing. Well, you know, I, I have to say there's a selfish motive behind it because I want to build a network of resources that I can tap into. And I want to be able to find people that offer services such as yourself. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We had the yellow pages back in the day, but now, yeah. you know, we're going we're gonna to create a different book, create our own book, uh, right? So let's make yeah. it happen. So um, definitely, um, we appreciate you joining the D9 Business Directory at D9Business.com. We hope other entrepreneurs such as yourself would do the same. But until next time, let us know if we can help you promote anything you got going on, okay? I appreciate that, and I sure will. 